Is it on the right mic? Yes. Are we on the right recording? Are we doing it? Are we doing it? We're doing it. Got some spit up on my pants. It's fine. Awesome. Amazing. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Hello. Oh, hi, Olive. (laughs) If you guys are watching the YouTube video, I'm about to show you this book that we got. Like, we just got the P.O. box and announced it, like, last Wednesday. Yeah. I think whoever sent us this must have said it that day. Yeah. And there wasn't a card or a note with it, but I remember someone in the Facebook group was like, oh, I'm going to send you Baba Yaga. So they sent this beautiful book. It's called Baba Yaga and Vasilisa the Brave. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I was having such a rough day when we got it. And I was so touched by like, I just think it's really sweet that you guys are like, I saw no, this thing right. I knew you'd like, and I'm going to send it to you. That you will love us that much that you think of us like that. Yeah. So it made me cry. <laughs> yeah. Feelings are hard. Oh my God. Um, oh, <laughs> by the way, this is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. Yep. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. Hey, did we have anything before we get started that we needed? The store is reopened. Oh. Yeah. With the P.O. box, if you all want that information, it is in the show notes. Yes. Because we don't remember. No. It's <laughs> P.O. box something. Mm-hmm. And in Kentucky. <laughs> I guess that's all we had. I have decided that I'm going to have a little extra time uh-huh. to finally make us a website. Oh so don't have all that stuff on there. We'll How be just fun. like real grown ups. We're gonna do it real big. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. it. Wow. We're here with a full episode. Yep. I got all of being precious. I got one. Yep. Okay. So for the longest time, I have been intrigued by deathbed confessions, mm-hmm. and so I pulled what you can go to Reddit or Yahoo, and it'll just be like anonymous deathbed confessions, like "Oh, my great aunt said this," or "Oh, I worked at a nursing home." And yeah, and it said this. Well, this is actual like police investigator type stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we probably just have to disclaimer that this we don't is just know stuff I pulled from articles. We, we don't, don't know. That's true. Yeah, we don't know the people. This is just what's publicly what's available. Publicly available. And we're just reading from the news articles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first I've got Alice Mock. 1986, 76-year-old Alice Mock out of Delaware. Real sick, getting ready to pass away. Mm-hmm. Had a deathbed confession. Mm-hmm. Asked her neighbor to come over. Alice said she, in 1975, she was drinking with a man named Wayman Camille Jr., Alice asked this gentleman to come over to her apartment so they can continue drinking. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And when he passed out, Alice stole money from him. Oh. But then she was like, oh my gosh, if he wakes up and sees that the money's gone, he's going to know that I'm the one that took it. What if my landlord finds out? And then the landlord's going to find out that I have a man in my apartment and blah, blah, blah. Because that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Yeah. And she was like, and he's African-American, and it's going to look really bad on me. Alice. Oh, Alice. Alice, Alice, Alice. So Alice was like, you know what? I'm going to cover it up. Instead of, like, just telling on myself, I'm going to cover it up. Instead of giving the money back, while because he's still asleep. So all these thoughts are going through her head. Right. You instead could of just putting the steal. money Right. Instead of putting the money back in his wallet, she's like, I got, I'm going to cover it up. She calls the police, and she's like, Camille raped me oh, and no. robbed me. And so they arrested him and charged him with sexual assault. A white woman, I assume. So the district attorney. I know. 
Listen, it gets worse. The district attorney gave him a choice. Go to trial, risk getting 45 years in prison, or plead guilty and get 15. And he was like, "I, if I have no other option, I'm going to plead guilty even though I didn't do it. Oh, my God. Alice, yep. you're a monster. So, 12 years later. Oh, June, so he's still in prison. When she's on her deathbed. Yeah. yeah, she's on her deathbed. He's still in prison. She tells her neighbor, Alice tells her neighbor this, and her neighbor is like, oh, my God, I'm telling the police. Like, this poor, innocent guy is in jail. Yeah. So, Alice ends up passing away. The neighbor went to the police. He was released after spending 12 years in prison. What a horrible... Like, how bad did you need that money? Was it worth this man's freedom? Like, yeah, he's still passed out. And you said in your head that you're thinking all these things. Just put the money back in his options. You thought of all these options. Put the money back in his options. The money back was not one of them. Nope. Yep, yep, yep. You ruined his life. How did she live with herself? Yeah. Oh, people. Okay. So, Christine Ketch, January 11th, 1867. Mm. Teenage boy finds the body of his 18 year old sister, Christine Ket, in their home in Dayton, Ohio. So, the brother goes to the neighbors, they notify the police. They had found Christine's body in the kitchen doorway that led to the cellar. So it was like her lower part of her body's in the kitchen, upper part of her body's at the top of the stairway. She had sustained several blows to the head with some sort of sharp object. Mm -hmm. And there was a pistol found near her body. Christine had gunpowder on her finger and face, but it didn't appear that the bullet had been fired. Mom comes home. Mom's name is also Christine. And there's a large group of people in front of her home. And she's freaking out. She's like, what is happening? And she had been informed that her daughter, Christine, had passed. So her daughter was 18? mm Mm-hmm. So over the years, uh, Mom accused lots of people of murdering Christine. um, And the police had arrested several men. One suspect was her brother because he he's the one that found the body. Mm-hmm. They were just like, well, we really have like no clear evidence on an arrest for this. We don't know what to do. So they never formally charged anybody in her murder. But they so, thought also that it wasn't a murder. They weren't even right. sure. So, yeah, because they were like, well, maybe she just accidentally shot herself and fell on the stairs like this because she did have gunpowder on her. But the gun was they- near her. But maybe we just did. Maybe it was a different gun. Maybe I don't. Know. And she shot herself, and then she got up and she hid the gun somewhere else. Yes, is what happened. Uh huh. So seventeen years after Christine dies, mom is. It said that she was just knocking on death's door. I call that death eating a cracker. <laughs> she was death eating a cracker. Eating a cracker. Yeah. And she was like, "Son, come here. I need to. I need to talk to you. There's some things I got to get off my chest." Oh, my God, her mom's about to confess? She said she killed her. On the day that she died, Christine was supposed to come home at noon to make dinner. She was a few hours late, and Miss Kent, Mom, just went off. Lost it. Grabbed an axe. Grabbed an axe? Chased Christine towards the cellar. Struck her in the head. Grabbed a gun and a flask with gunpowder. Smeared the powder on Christine's fingers and cheek and set the gun next to her. She then left for the market and left for her son to find her, his sister's body. She allowed her son yeah. to find the body, and then she accused her son. Yeah. 
And all the while, she's the one who did it? Yeah. So she had asked the son to promise to never tell anyone until she was dead. He's like, sure, mom. Sure, sure, sure. Got it. I definitely owe you that. Yeah, got it. Nope. He ran and told some reporters about it. And then, wait, he told reporters first? Yeah, he sure did. seems like he should talk to the police. Sure did, sir. Of course, we're talking about what? Not even 1900 yet. Yeah. Mom passed away after suffering a stroke a couple hours later after telling him. Wow. Then I've got a David Lee Wilson, September 10th, 1994, gang-related shooting outside of a party in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Several people at the party were members of a gang. A 19-year-old Karen Summers, mother of a four-month-old baby, was killed in the shooting. People flee the scene. A few days later, people are interviewing a Michael Lee Wilson, who was a member of the Bloods, three days before the shooting that killed Summers. He had been shot in the leg by a crip. He owned a car that was similar to the one that was escaping the scene. And he was just like, I don't have a motive here. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I do have a car similar. And they're like, okay, we're not going to arrest you. It's fine. It's fine. They arrested two 17-year-old boys. Uh, two eyewitnesses said they were these boys were at the scene when the girl was shot. There's no physical evidence that these two 17-year-olds were the ones that shot her. They sentenced both to life plus an additional 170 years in prison. Meanwhile, Michael Lee Wilson was arrested for beating a convenience store clerk to death with a baseball bat in February 1995. And then he was sentenced to death. So two days before he's executed in January of 2014, he was doing an interview with the Oklahoma Innocence Project. And he confessed to being involved in the shooting that killed Karen and that the two people who were sentenced to life plus 170 additional years had nothing to do with it. Wow. Yeah. These deathbed confessions, man. I just don't understand. I would think that having this kind of secret would Mm -hmm. weigh you down so much that the opportunity to tell it would be such a weight off you. Even if it means you end up having to pay for whatever you did. Yeah. It still seems like that would be less than the weight of the secret. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then we've got a Geraldine Kelly. Geraldine and John Kelly were like lovers from day one of their lives, pretty much. They met as kids. <laughs> lovers, day one of their lives. Day one. The second they were born, mm-hmm. they were placed together in the nursery and yeah. they were like instant attraction. You're, you're my soulmates forever. And they if like you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> Thanks, Notebook. God, what do you want? It's not that simple. <laughs> I can quote Notebook forever. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they met in Massachusetts, married super young, and they had a daughter in 1970. The following year, they have a son. In 1981, Geraldine and John were at a wedding, and John got super toasty. Toasty pants. Mm. Wasty pants. Toasted, toasted means toasted drunk. pants. Mm, got it. Toasted wasted pants. He got warm and wasted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds really bad. Okay. He wet himself. That's what we're saying. I bet he probably Allegedly. Did. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. So he drank way too much and got into a fight with three other people. This fight resulted in the death of John's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He was terrified that he was going to be charged with this death because, you know, well, Why yeah. wouldn't you be? Of course. You, he, again, you committed a crime. Exactly. So then you have to pay for it. But instead, he said, hey, family, we're moving out west. Oh. 
Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over mm-hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which I noticed immediately mm-hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like I turned it up I was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code wmm30 so that's just two m's so you guys know our codes usually have three so just keep that in mind so with so many great products to choose from now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit so go to t-y-m-o beauty.com and use the code wmm30 for 30 percent off your first purchase goodbye goodbye so he takes his family to california and they get jobs at a motel John continued to be an alcoholic, and they fought constantly. Their kids moved out in 1989 and became estranged from their parents. Didn't want to talk to them ever again because they were so grouchy. In 1992, Geraldine called her kids and said, John's dead. He's been struck by a car. He was out of town. She also told the owner of the motel similar situation happened, and she stayed working there for a long time. And then she moves back to Somerville in 1998. So November 1998, Geraldine's real sick. She had breast cancer. She's on her deathbed. And her daughter decides to go see her. Geraldine's like, oh, hey, by the way, you remember when I said John got hit by a car? It was me. I didn't hit him with a car. I shot him. She said he was real abusive, so she shot him and killed him. The body's in a freezer and a storage locker. And it's not a storage locker in California. I, I took his body to Somerville. So it was like at her house? Yeah. She had the freezer with the dead body of her husband inside shipped across the country with her. I guess you would have to, right? You wouldn't leave it for somebody else to find. Right, exactly. So she's just moving it around with her. After Geraldine died, because her daughter was just like, I don't know if this is true or not. Like, this is really weird. Wouldn't you just immediately go look at the freezer, though? Right, exactly. She told the police about it, and they did find skeletal remains in the freezer. He had been shot once in the back of the head. Wonder why they were skeletal. And they found the murder weapon in Geraldine's possessions. But I mean, she said you can't pin this on her, so now you know. And they were strange, and it sounds like 
I mean, murder's never okay. Don't murder people. But I understand when someone's abusive. Mm -hmm. Maybe she had to protect herself. And it was her only freedom. Yeah. I've heard about this. I'm getting off topic for a second. But I've heard about cases like this where an abused person will murder their abuser. This was a case I've heard about where a son who had basically been kidnapped by his dad and taken away and then also like wasn't allowed to go to school and was had a pretty sheltered life because his dad was right. super abusive and also did he basically just took his son so his mother couldn't have him because he right. was a jerk. Years and years and years later, this son ended up shooting his dad. The prosecutor who went after the son made this argument that was like, you weren't being attacked in the moment. So like, it's not self-defense. It's not justified. And it was such a tricky thing because I'm like, yeah, but you're talking about months. I mean, in his case, years and years years and years of abuse. Yeah. Just because he wasn't physically being threatened in that moment. moment, You're not going to. He took his opportunity. Right. And so it was very like, how do you call it self-defense when your life wasn't in danger at that time? And I was, it was a very complex thing to think through really oh my gosh because you're right but in a whole lot of cases you don't ever get to escape your abuser even if you get out they come after you like as long as they're alive yeah they're a threat to you yeah in a situation like that i just wonder i mean obviously we don't have all the details of what happened there but it seems like it's you know yeah again murder's not okay don't do it i'm not endorsing murder Mm -hmm. but also do whatever you got to do to be safe (laughs) allegedly Kara and Olive have nothing to do with that sentiment, okay? It's just me. I I'm the, the only one responsible. <laughs> okay, well, Kara's going to jail with me. <laughs> I can't leave you. Olive agrees. She's got to go with us. <laughs> She's breastfed. I care. just said, I can't leave you. <laughs> I'll totally go to prison. Okay, so next we've got James Brewer. So James called himself James Anderson and his wife, Dorothy Powers. They were quiet people. They moved to the city of Oklahoma in the late 70s. They were super religious people. They were super active. Uh, James led a Bible study in the church. Super active in the church? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah well, active. super active They people. worked they out cyclists all the time. <laughs> running marathons with their Bibles. Allegedly. Marathons for Jesus. The banners were literal scriptures that you ran through. <laughs> At each stop, instead of getting water, you're getting anointed mm-hmm. and you baptized. You're getting baptized. verses, the sins. At the finish line, you have to confess. And if you don't, you at the do finish it all line, you've got to recite every book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways, anyways, anyways. So active in the church, real active in the church. Now, skip ahead to 2009, because this was 70. Skip ahead to 2009. James is real sick in the hospital. He's had two strokes. And he was like, guys, I've got some things to tell you. Oh my God. Wait, uh, let's just take a moment and picture you're in church. We're in church. We've grown up in the church. And all of a sudden, this man who's been like a class leader. And yeah. Like real super, in the church is super like, religious. Got I got a word. Things to say. I got a word. I've had two strokes. I think I'm dying. I've got to tell some people some things because I've got to get it off my chest. So Jesus accepts me. Mm. Yeah. 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 So he said, guys, my real name is James Brewer. It's not what I told you all it was. I've been on the run since 1977. I skipped bail for murdering my neighbor, Jimmy Carroll, who was a 20-year-old in Tennessee. I just thought he was going after my wife, so I killed him. Killed him. Killed him. Killed Shot him twice. 
And the police were like, testament law right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thou shalt not have COVID. my wife. Yeah. Yeah. COVID under the bad neighbors. Mm-hmm. Goods. Anyways, well, the police she has were like, property, so. the police were like, shoot, man, wow. Good thing you're on your deathbed and you told us that because we would have taken you to jail. Um, funny thing is, though, he lived his, he survived his two strokes and he went to jail. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, shoot. They were like, funny. Um, you're not dead. So, uh, so I wonder if Tennessee authorities said, you're going with us, sir. If he got real active in the church as a sort of penance. Yeah. That's or if he was just active. Right. Cause it made the persona even the more veil of Jesus covered in. A lot of people hide behind that veil of Jesus. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. So Mark Chopper, is it Reed? Red? Red? Reed? It's R E A D. Let's just say Reed. Reed. Was a notorious figure in the Australian underground. Became super famous for his semi autobiographical books How to Shoot Friends and Influence People. (laughs) How to Shoot Friends. Influence People. There's a 2000 year. 2000 in the year of 2000, mm. not a in the year of our old. Yeah. Amen. Um, <laughs> this is a real religious Where, This podcast. is the most religious episode we've ever had. Uh, or blasphemous. I don't know. Australian film. No. Chopper. So Mark spent 23 years in jail for a variety of crimes from assault to armed robbery. And um, they thought that he had been involved in several murders. Mm -hmm. So he was dying of liver cancer in October 2013. And he was doing an interview with 60 Minutes. And he was like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, I'm dying. Um, So I I killed four people. Oh. And they were were like, "Hmm." they could have been too surprised. Yeah. Um, He was like, yeah, there's three shootings. And I hung a child killer in my jail cell. Well, in jail. And they were like, uh, okay, well, um, I, how, do, how do you feel about doing this? Like, I guess you're dying. Like, you're trying to confess to us. Like, well, how does that make you feel? And he's like, I don't, I don't have any remorse. I don't feel bad for it. I'm fine. He wasn't telling you because he felt bad. Yeah. He just wanted you to know. He just, like, had been holding this all in. He needs to tell somebody. So he, he told the world. a child killer in his, in his jail cell. But the fact that nobody said anything about that. <laughs> I don't think they care a lot what happens to child killers. Yeah. Mm. That's an interesting series of stories. Are these people, like, did they kill bad people? Like, even worse people in the world was better not having those people in it? Like, is that horrible? Well, I mean, the woman who killed her daughter because she didn't get home in time to make dinner. That's not, that's not, I do, don't you? But I do have questions about the lady who killed Mm -hmm. her husband who may have been abusive. Right. And then the one guy we know killed his neighbor. Uh This guy killed several people. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder, like, Brianne, my sister, worked in a nursing home for a little bit. She said that, like, the little old people would tell you anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, at what point do you believe it and what point do you not? Because I remember Papa, he was in his 90s when he passed away, but he had Alzheimer's for a good bit. I mean, he would go to the neighbor's mm-hmm. house and dig up their trees and bring them over and say that he got it at a garden center. <laughs> They're like, there's a hole, right? And right there's there. roots sticking out of your... Um, <laughs> I've thought about this because a lot of the women in my family get dementia, uh-huh. which is why I'm kind of obsessed with it. And I try to do everything I can yes. to fight it. But that'll pop in my head sometimes where I'm like, someday I'm going to have dementia. And I'm mm-hmm. who knows what I'm going to say? Yep. To who, about what? 
especially when we have done this true crime podcast, I have so many stories in my head. Oh, I know. What if I start confessing what this stuff? to these stories? <laughs> I am Jack the Ripper. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Me. I can't wait for those days. Do you want to do some Patreon shout outs? Yes, let's do it. Because it occurred to me that we haven't yep. done those in a while. Yeah, let's do it. Here's a thing that we do for yeah. our Patreon members. We have three levels. So if you are body of a goddess level or Janus, one of your perks is getting a shout out on the show. And we get to butcher your names. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And just, we thank you all so much. No matter what level you subscribe to on the Patreon, we're so thankful for you. And I know, you know, not everybody yeah. can subscribe. Period. And we're still thankful for you regardless if you can. Always. Yeah. We're just happy you're here. Happy you're listening. Thanks for loving us and dealing with all of our ups and downs. Yeah. Listen, words we're about to go through i can just sense that it's coming a really big change tumultuous period in podcast Lots world. Of hamilton listenings. yes so thanks in advance for loving us through it yeah there are so many ways you can support the podcast yeah. whether you subscribe on spotify or patreon great but even mm-hmm. that even just listening and telling someone about it right participating in our Helping podcast grow group, yeah sharing posts on social media you know, we just appreciate everything you all do. Yeah. You've always been so incredibly supportive right. in a way that is, I just find so touching. Yeah. Okay. Now we'll start. Yes. Yep. Kelly Motley. Emily Burroughs. Giselle Sorensen. Mm. Bryn Wilson. Crystal Lindemood. Jessica Quick. Lauren Graham. I feel like I'm on KET. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janet Lynn. Oh, a Janet on the Janet She is a Janet. <laughs> Despay Lipple. I'm so sorry for that. Mm. I mean, I'm not sorry for you. Sure, your name's amazing. I'm sorry for how I know I mispronounced that. This is not their name. This is their (laughs) nickname, but I like it. Gin Juiced. Gin Juiced. Anastasia Nadeau. Carissa Patterson. Heather Palmer. Mac Geek Mama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Angela Page. Fruity Chick. Jackie Danielle. Madison Boswell. Amara Snively. Amberly Poland. Tara Hickey. I am going to continue to do those like I'm on KET. Absolutely. So when we do these shout outs, we use whatever name is on your Patreon account. So I know in some cases that's like, like, why'd they just call that out? Yeah, that's that's not your actual name. And I'm always worried that maybe you weren't aware of that. If you really wanted to hear your name on the podcast. Yeah, just send us a message. We'll We'll, just give a shout out. We'll totally redo your shout out. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.